Welcome back to Gentlemen Prefer Bonds. I'm Will Daniel. And I'm Will Schluck. And I'm Max Wilcox. And if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you're probably aware that uh, from when we're recording, about a week ago, October 5th, was the 60th anniversary of the release of Dr. No. Uh, and with that, you know, this entire uh, film franchise. Uh, so we're taking a, a quick break from our uh, sort of spin-off series of, of Bond-inspired, Bond-adjacent type of material, and uh, just talking all Bond tonight. We're going to talk uh, Bond actors, uh, Bond villains, girls, and uh, do a special uh, Bond draft of uh, making our own uh, Bond movie from the uh, elements of, of pre-existing. Uh, and including, two, remember, there's two wild cards you can uh, pull in, you know, another actor or uh, car or whatever from another movie if you'd like to um, I thought we'd start off uh, big and, and just go Bond actors uh, if that sounds good to you yeah well if we're doing a draft process are we gonna well this is uh, we're aside from the draft just, just ranking the actors and oh, okay. um, uh, the villains and girls so all them Bondies and the them girlies and them villains um, sure we can start with Bond actors. Um, are we including your David's Niven? <laughs> or are you just going uh, I sort think of we're going like all Eon tonight. Is it just, is it just, there's just, there's six of them, right? I'm not crazy. Yeah, just, just yeah. the six. Uh, you're just going the six. All right. Uh, the big uh, hero David. six, James Bonds. Yeah. Uh, who wants to go first? You want to lead us off? Uh, sure. I'll start uh, and say that, uh, well, I'll kick off by saying I got nothing but love here. This is uh, wow, not, not a list a bad, of least favorites. That's <laughs> a bad is... way to start. As you're like, I've got Connery seventh. Out of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've I've seen lists from uh, popular uh, Bond people online that that put Connery toward the bottom. So that's uh, it's it happens. Full take. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my, uh, my number six is, uh, George Lazenby. Um, I think as we said in our Honor Majesty's, uh, episode, it's a great movie. I think he does most of it fairly well and certainly better than, uh, was reputation for, for years. Uh, and I think given a couple more movies and had he been Bond in the seventies, he's probably pretty good and at least right in the middle, but you know based on this and and some of it's not his fault some of it's the editing uh and the fact that he's dubbed uh for that part of the movie is sir hillary for some reason um yeah it's sir he hillary. takes out to be my least favorite of of the guys we have there's there's performances by every other bond that i'd like a little bit more yeah um he would uh well i guess i'll preface it by saying i agree there's nothing but love all the way around Jesus. Some of this is probably going to be... Guys, a lot, <laughs> some of these people are dead, and more importantly, none of them are listening. I think we're fine. <laughs> if, you're, if you're about to come on here and uh, you're like, I would punch George Lazenby. Like, go ahead. Do it. Do whatever you're going to do. Well, is he even alive? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's alive, and uh, and I think in Brentwood or something. He's, he's nearby. Okay. Uh, all right, so you're number six. Uh, my number six is Lazenby as well. Yeah. Only because the sample size is pretty small. Yeah. And he's good but not necessarily great and like fully i mean he's not even really an actor so it's not like he can turn yeah. in a great performance in his one movie acting uh so i think yeah he has to he has to be six almost by default uh wow. max really surprising we all have um 
Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's Roger Moore. Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah, is I did. Yeah. Uh, Roger Moore is my least favorite Bond. Uh, I'm not going to preface it. He's old and he's boring. <laughs> and George Lazenby, simply by looking what he looks like, is is five times the James Bond. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that he's a better actor than Roger Moore because that, by the way, is not the question. The question is which one is a better James Bond, which is mm-hmm. a completely separate issue. Um, I think that if Lazenby has four movies, we put him like third or fourth. Um, uh, I think that the average person <laughs> would put him third or fourth all time. Um, and I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, uh, so I, my, Roger Moore is, is the, the bottom for me. His movies are the ones that are the most boring to me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think we all saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast, you are very aware of my dislike of Roger Moore's Bond, yes. <laughs> Uh, so, although I do like Roger Moore, Roger Moore is my number five. I uh, it's, it's struggled between him and Dalton. And I think they sort of have opposite issues on different days in a way. But uh, uh, listening to the um, Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery talk about Moonraker on their podcast recently, and uh, a line that I think is hilarious that stayed with me is how... Uh, uh, Tarantino said uh, it's almost punk rock the level to which Moore does not commit to the fight scenes. <laughs> <laughs> which is that's like, yeah, kinda, that's, 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 an cool. ar- that's an argument for him going further down the list, I guess. That's uh, pretty legit. You know, he famously, his advice for the next Bond was uh, like, show up on time, uh, remember your lines, don't trip over the furniture. And that's kind of the, the acting style. And although I, I think he's, uh, maybe better uh, better actor than is his reputation and does um, better uh, in the more serious scenes than maybe people remember. Um, yeah, he's, and, and I like those movies overall. A lot of it's nostalgia. He's He's still got to be uh, number five for me. Mm. Yeah, um, number five for me is, is Dalton, just because I never thought he felt really supremely comfortable in the role. He does... He does do, uh, I think, the action well and sort of the tougher James Bond thing well. Never really gets it right in the love category, that sort of softer, more sentimental sign of Bond. And whether or not you like that, that is a big part of the role. And I think he's so woefully bad at that, where even like a Craig who would be considered on the more brutal side for a Bond can kind of pull that off and, and does in a lot of the movies. Yeah. He, he really never does. So I think to have that big of a fatal flaw, he's got to come. Uh, fifth for me. And oh, I've uh, got one more point actually about him too. Go for it. Go for I it. would say he is the only one of two Bonds that doesn't really have a signature movie. I think Living Daylights is great. I don't think it's a signature Bond movie. Like in the way that all the other four Bonds kind of have this like yeah, it's not gonna really be signature sort of almost like iconic status in the franchise Bond. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every, everyone else has has one you know, Goldfinger, Spy Who Loved Me, Goldeneye, that you could argue if interest, fan interest or, or money in the series is maybe waning a little bit, that kind of saves the series. Yeah, Casino Royale. Yeah, it's Skyfall yeah. kind of also. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, some of them have multiple signature movies. He's he's one of two that doesn't really, I mean, Blazing Beale only has one movie. He's one. He's the only Bond of multiple entries that doesn't have one. Um, my number five is George Lazenby because I'm not crazy. 
and I'm not going to put him. I can't. Not, he's not sixth, but I can't have him higher than fifth. That that feels um that feels sacrosanct. Um, uh, it's he's fifth. I think I, 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 he does a good job. I think he does a good job. I think that he gets shot on for being the guy that did one, uh, which which was not his fault, and he didn't choose to be introduced that way, and he didn't choose to have the script written that way. I think that if you put him, and we talked about it when we watched his movie, if you put him in the first movie of almost any other Bond actor, I think that he has a much longer career. I just do. So you think that on Her Majesty's being, at the time, seen as kind of long and strange, and just the completely kind of out of left field shocker of an ending, like that, that turned people off from the movie and him? Yeah, well, and also, as we've talked about, what a, what a unkind way to introduce an audience to a new a new actor uh the entire beach seems ridiculous and 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 he he runs out and he he does the the i'm bond but like in the least sort of suave sexy perfect way that everyone else gets every every other actor gets these great opening scenes where where you're learning something about their bond and what we learned about this Bond is that uh, he can run through sand fine. <laughs> yes, and he likes to wear one of the shirt with the, the like a puppy shirt. Yeah, exactly. Like that, like that is just such a to not start him in a casino, in a bar, mid mission. Like like everyone else gets these great grand entrances. Dalton gets to gets to do the entire like island adventure portion daniel craig gets gets uh to to do one of the the greatest chase scenes like in modern movies like everyone gets these great entrances and he just doesn't well i think he has the makings in the first minute of a great entrance where when they're playing the new version of the bond theme and you get these close-ups of his hand you know putting uh you know lighting a cigarette and stuff while he's driving that's all really cool but then when when he speaks, says the the uh, line in kind of a lame way, and then does the like super meta line, like looking at camera, that kind of neuters the sequence a lot. Yeah, and those feel like directorial choices. Those feel yeah. like the whole. Just as you said, right? He's coming into this. He's not an actor, but there have been plenty of people that weren't actors that worked with good people and then became actors. Um, that just feels like if he, if he has a helping hand, if he has people that are that are that are better um that i i just i think that the i think you get three movies out of them that's all i'm saying uh all right my my number four is is dalton um i think uh like i said kind of in conversation with with more for me and i think to to your point he um definitely for me and maybe it's because more has seven movies or i was just watching those movies at a as a younger age i think Roger Moore walks on screen in a tuxedo and I'm like, that's James Bond. And Dalton never quite had that energy for me. Um, he walked on and you're like, that's, that's Timothy Dalton. <laughs> I'm like fucking hot fuzz. What? Oh my God. <laughs> that um, guy does the fun run. <laughs> uh, but he, just the, the effort he's putting into it and him being more of an actor than, than more. And just, the, the physicality, uh, both just the way he walks and moves and him committing to the action scenes. And, you know, the, the first scene of, of his Bond movie, he's hanging on to the the top of the, like, Jeep as it's racing around. That's mostly actually it's him. Sick. That's um, sick. That whole sequence is so good. 
And uh, I agree, especially License to Kill, I feel like there's just uh, no chemistry with either of those women. Um, uh, I think what edges him uh, slightly above more for me is that I, I do sort of buy the, like, quote-unquote love story in, in Living Daylights, where I think, the, I mean, that's better written, and I think um, he kind of has something with uh, Miriam Dabo in that movie. Um, so yeah, that's uh, overall still like Dalton. That's he's my number four. So this is where I'm going to get a little bit spicy, and I'm going to throw in the... But I guess at the heart of my rankings is really just... Which... I, put, I put Roger Moore at the six. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You already went pretty spicy. You can gonna... do whatever you want now. I guess like... at the heart of my list is... Uh, what Bond would I want to watch their movies? If you said I could only watch yes. one, like yeah, that's which fine. one would I pick? And uh, So number four for me is Craig. And I think he's an individually a better Bond maybe than some guys that are higher on the list than him. But I got to tell you, his movies beyond Casino Royale just don't really do it for me. And mm-hmm. I think his, I think his, it, it's a more quiet because it was financially successful. But as a Bond fan, his tenure really kind of ends on a prolonged whimper. As Bond, I, I just I, having thought about it too with some time passed, you know. No Time to Die did nothing for me. Spectre's obviously god-awful. I think the second half of Skyfall is pretty pedestrian at best. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, even... I, I like Quantum of Solace for its good parts, but again, a lot of it's just not very good. He's got one really, really great movie, and I think he's got an individual better movie for me than maybe even two guys that appear before him uh, uh, on my list, but... Again, if I'm just ranking it purely off which one would I want to watch the movies the most, he's probably coming fourth for me. I ranked my list the same way. My number four is Daniel Craig. Yeah. Well, my my list is cursed. <laughs> um, this is all because we put that picture of Timothy Dalton on your computer. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know, I have a picture on my computer that has been the same for 12 years at this point. Um, and I... It is no longer my main computer. My main computer uh, is now like a work computer for other stuff. But uh, my personal computer is now a uh, lap is now an iPad, and my iPad still has. It. <laughs> That's incredible. So pretty. I good. have not. I have not, and will not abandon it. Uh, this weird photo of Timothy Dalton on like a blue pool bottom yeah, background. It's- is going to be my background until I fucking die. Um, and I can't, I couldn't name, I think, two Timothy Dalton movies that weren't James Bond or Hot Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> People often ask me if I'm related to that man. They say, do you know that man? And to, well, the, the answer to all those things is no, 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 no I don't. Daniel Craig is great. He's wonderful. I'm in no way saying that he is a worse actor than the other people ahead of him on this list. I would argue he is the best actor to play James Bond. I actually really like yeah, Pierce I Brosnan. I might put Pierce Brosnan and him in a near category. But again, that's not the list. Playing James Bond does not is not related necessarily to being a great actor. It is being about being able to understand and accept the circumstances of the character. Um, and this is, this is a character that lives in a heightened world, in a heightened place, and some actors are not as good at it as others. Um, and some of them, as we said, just get stuck in bad movies. Um, if I'm turning on the TV 
and any Daniel Craig movie is on that isn't Casino Royale, I'm going to change the channel. It's not his yeah, fault. I, I it's not his agree. fault, but that's that's it. I, I'm going to change the channel. I the all three of the people above the, above this list, I have a greater chance of leaving the TV on uh, in one of their Bond movies. That's that's what it, it boils down to. Uh, all right, my number three, you can probably guess, uh, is Pierce Brosnan. Uh, I like Brosnan a lot. Um, he, uh, yeah, just people were excited for him to be Bond. Um, I, I go back and forth as whether he kind of waited the the right amount of time to, to get in or, or you know, would have been awesome to have him in The Living Daylights or even Octopussy. But I, I had the discussion with someone recently of, like, saying, you know, Pierce Bro- someone was saying Pierce Brosnan was too pretty to be Bond in the 80s. He needed to, like, age up to be, like, <laughs> 40, where it was, like, you need to, like, at be least have, <laughs> yeah, at least, like, not not be, you know, not not be the combination of, like, Pierce and, like, uh, Gordon Gecko or something, like, in a, I don't know, pre- preppy kind of way or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I uh, enjoy his, his first three movies a lot. Uh, I think... Yeah, I, I never doubt him as that that character. Maybe for a couple stunts here and there, but that's most of them. Um, he's he's really good. Yeah, my number three is Roger Moore. Uh, say what you will about some of his flaws, I think he he's in some really really good and oftentimes underrated Bond movies. Max, I know you disagree completely. But to me, he actually is in some really, really good classic sort of Bond movies from just that signature formula. I think about movies like Octopussy, which I love. Obviously, Spy Who Loved Me. I'm even pretty partial to Live and Let Die. You know, ranks fairly high on my list. I don't, can't remember where I put it. It might have been like... I think in the top ten. Yeah. Uh, I, I just... Again, if I'm going off of which one... If you said I can only pick one Bond to watch their movies, I'm, I'm definitely picking him third. He got a lot of flaws... But he was a Bond for seven movies, too. There's such a big sample size to pick from. He does good things in all the movies. Like, and he's an iconic Bond, whether or not you like him. I disagree with a lot of things in his movies, but they occasionally hit great, and he's got his own take on Bond. My number three, because I can't put him higher, <laughs> because I'll be shot on the streets, is <laughs> Timothy Dalton. He has uh, uh, he has failed upwards on my list. He is uh, he is in third simply because he is uh, he's the least he is the the least bad of the bottom ones for me. Um, I I really like his Bond. I and I know that that is not necessarily everyone's cup of tea. Um, but like. I, I I dig it. I think that he has the quote unquote stuff. Um, uh, I think that he 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 understood the dichotomy that a lot of them don't necessarily get. Uh, where he was the upper crust, he was stately. He's in those scenes as that thing that you want. He's got the smile. He's got the attitude. And then he also re- reads in a lot of those action sequences as like, oh, that's right. This is a trained assassin that will yeah. kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of those fight scenes, and it, and when he's like when he's he's out and he's and he's in the jungle and he's talking not jungle and he's in the desert and he's talking to to uh, to, to terrorists and he's in the airplane. Like I buy that th- that his version of James Bond 
is a soldier, mm-hmm. uh, which is a cool thing that a lot of the other ones don't do. Um, yeah. And so I give I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, like that in both both of his movies, he has at least one like mission at one point just to kill someone, which like. Yeah, he's a lot of what Bond does, and you don't always see it. (laughs) If we're to believe the the Bond lore that's established in Eon, we learn in Daniel Craig's that you have to kill three people to even get your status. So, like two people, yeah, yeah. yeah, Thank you, but so so Bond is a is a trained killer. Um. Uh. So, like you know, it's nice to see him not just karate chop people and they fall down. Yeah, I love, like, the biggest fantasy in the Bond movies is he's not just being sent to kill people the whole time, but actually, like, supposed to get in a cat and mouse game with him. Like, he's an executioner. Yeah. That's why <laughs> he's, like, he's that's just, his yeah, role. Exactly. Like, yeah. like, and every time that he's talking to someone is a time that he's failing his mission. Yeah, he, should exactly, be, yeah. he should be appearing in a country, killing someone, and leaving. Yeah, that's why they always tell him, you know, remember, you have a license to kill before every mission. That's what he's going there to do, kill someone. Like, he's going, they're sending him there to kill, just kill Margo. Them. Like, just kill them. Just yeah. kill just, I, just, the but, amount of movies that are easy if he just kills them. Yeah. There's this guy. His name is Hugo Drax. Uh, <laughs> he try he tries to kill you. What do you do? Yeah. You kill him. Yeah. Just kill him. Yeah, that's basically the bond. Like, I get it. He's also kind of a detective, but they're they're sending them there to kill people most of the time, or with the very high likelihood that they want them gone. It's like fine, get them, do a little research, and then yeah, they're they're gone. Make them make them disappear. Completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Dalton sells that element well. Uh, my number two is Daniel Craig. Uh, I think he's, he's really great. I think um, it's, uh, it, it's not the case of like um, a Pierce Brosnan where you're, you're finding the most James Bond guy in the world and <laughs> making that, that kind of obvious choice, but it's getting a, a great actor and uh, which really works for a Casino Royale, where you're you're building a slightly more realistic world around him. Um, and yeah, it's, it it was something that didn't quite make um, total sense, I think, at first. But I think he uh, I think he did very well, and I think um, he grew nicely in the role. Also, even in you know a movie like Spectre, which isn't very good, I do like watching him as Bond in, in mm. that, or or the last movie, No Time to Die. So yeah, uh, well, I'll I'll talk about him more in a minute with <laughs> the number one. Well, I'll pick, but you can yeah. go for it. Yeah, number two for me. I, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious where we're all going. But number two for me is Brosnan. Uh, he's my childhood Bond, so it's kind of a. Uh, I have a very like. In my formative years, you know, he's kind of the guy that's Bond when I'm there. So I always imagine him as a, in some ways, maybe other than Connery in my head, the most classic Bond. But I think, too, even over time, having, like, I've read a couple of the books since then, you know, he does, to me, feel like the closest thing to the book version of James Bond and like if you even look at Ian Fleming's like sketch of Bond, like he looks remarkably like Pierce Brosnan. Like it's I just think he's so perfect in the role. I think his tenure is remembered for the wrong reasons, because if you take one particularly bad actress as a nuclear physicist out of one movie, I think it's an absolute mm-hmm. classic. Mm-hmm. Um I think his last movie was really bad. I think Tomorrow Never Dies is one of the more underrated Bond movies. I think it's incredibly forward thinking. It's ruined a little bit by some of its hokey stuff. 
like the Nokia Razor uh, s- torpedo submarine and the <laughs> self the cell phone driving car, but it's actually a really great movie. He's, I, I'd like to hope one day there's a little bit of, uh, you know how you have like the Bach Renaissance, so there's like, you know, the, who are there certain artists that weren't really appreciated in their time, but like they were much later after they're dead, were brought back I, up as great artists. I believe that you're referring to Matthew McConaughey and the yeah, McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. uh, or the Fraser sons as we are now in. Yeah. The... Uh, or as we were about to be heading into. Um, but no, I, yeah. I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Or uh, Van Gogh, right? Van Gogh is yeah, in, yeah. In, in his time is not uh, a respected artist, is not revered, dies, and is now one of the most recognizable artists of all time. Yep. And I think I'd like to think that for the Bonds, Brosnan will be that where when there's a little bit of even more distance from the some of the flaws of his movies, people will watch him and be like, oh, these were really good. So he's, yeah, I think the clear cut number two for me. And I didn't my, really have to think that yeah. hard about it. My number two of the bullet is Pierce Brosnan for those exact. Uh, I... He is he he brings every piece of Bond to the role that my number one doesn't, um, and that is why he's my number two. He he it, when I say James Bond, uh, he comes to mind. Um, when I say when I say the name out loud, and I think that that he does for a lot of people our age, um, and I think that that is fine, good, and like yeah, I would rather watch a lot of his worst movies. The, uh, than the worst Craig movies because they're still fun. Yeah, the thing that is that is that is again that's the thing that is not it's not Craig's fault. It's the industry's fault, right? But they like movies, good or bad, could on occasion still be fun because they were just throwing money at people and being like, I don't know, do action. Yeah. Um. So like, I can still watch those movies and be like, this is a great time. I know it's not good. I know it's not art. But I am having fun watching James Bond do this ridiculous thing. Uh, I have to. That's a really good point because that's kind of what separated Craig from Moore and Brosnan for me. Is like in the bad movies, those guys are more fun. Their movies are more yeah, fun to watch. And there's there's mostly bad movies in the tenure, in my opinion. And but like theirs are fun. Exactly. Um. Do we, so we all have the same number one. Yeah. Which is not given given what we've also said is not surprising. Some people don't put him number one but but he's the number one right so my my argument for i i considered you know having a a spicy take and and mixing it up and putting craig number one and my my argument for craig would be that i think he's giving a hundred percent every time he's at least trying to his very best and he is a very good actor to to whatever ends that the movie uses that for and I think we all kind of agree Connery in the last two or, or three movies, if we're counting Never Say Never, kind of checked out. Not not really sure. all he could be. Um, but that, you know, that then we're going by by average as opposed to Connery in the first three, kind of in Thunderball 2, is just so on his game and obviously defines it in, in Dr. No and keeps doing that in the next two movies and just, you know, checks all the boxes that we would want out of this character on film. I don't think it has to even be much has to be said. He's kind of is James Bond, you know, he's always going to be because he was the first one and did it so well. Yep. And yep. 
I I think you could make an argument his first three movies are still the best in the series when it was fresh, when it was new, and they're just doing incredible things that set the tone for a series that's gone on for 60 years at this point and still leans so heavily on those three. Yeah. That doesn't get enough credit for what a massive accomplishment that was. Look, I mean, Casino Royale is a, a brilliant movie. GoldenEye is a brilliant movie. They're not even close to as brilliant as the things that were done in From Russia with Love and Goldfinger. Those, mm-hmm. those movies are in freaking credible. The fact that those were ever made is a, a real testament to the, just filmmaking in general and the Broccoli's and the Bond franchise. They rock. He's got to be number one. If I, if you asked a random person on the street to say Bond, James Bond, out loud. <laughs> How many of them are doing a Sean Connery accent? Right? Le- that less is and my, less as, that's as my the years set. go by. Um, but over people older than us, probably. Um, that is my... That's, that is my, that's, my, my, that's my setting for it, right? You, you, you said it the best. He was, in, he was the first one. He was the first one. He's the number one. Uh, he is, he is the, the measuring stick by which other bonds are, uh, are seen. Because not everyone reads the books. In fact, the majority of people don't, won't, and won't ever. They are they are uh, coming in fresh, and and Sean Connery said, "Here, sit down, listen to me talk, get sexually assaulted by me, and then <laughs> leave knowing you had a great time." Uh, he's he's the best Bond. He is James Bond. I, I think the the argument I could make for. Uh, Craig, but as well as uh, Moore and Dalton being above uh, Brosnan is that uh, they each kind of make it their own in a very different way following Connery, whereas Brosnan uh, will publicly admit that he was like, at, at first thinking a lot about well how would sean or roger do this and like i'm yeah there's no way to like for me to shut them out or or pay homage to those guys in some way um i you know he's a good middle ground um between them yeah he could. yeah i mean if he really wanted to he would have done his own irish accent <laughs> if he really wanted to pay homage to sean connery yeah we're in a funny place now with the the movie industry where it's like we were watching you know the the born movies and uh, stuff like quantum and skyfall and everyone's saying like put more jokes in it like the action movies should be funnier and then we get 14 years of marvel movies and like thor love and thunder comes out and we're like okay i think we've run that a little like how can we get uh in the middle somewhere and and uh yeah i would agree that like no time to die and some movies like that get a little muddled when they sort of can't pick a lane and there's there can be whiplash between the the tones like i love the the cuba sequence and no time to die um definitely feels like it's out of a different movie than the the rest of that movie um but yeah quick quickly between the categories we're we're a year out from the last bond movie no time to die um any change of thoughts about it have you guys seen that movie since it came out no, God no! It's 2022. Nobody, I don't watch movies again. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Movies come out and I see them and then I forget about them until someone mentions them. I have not seen it again. Uh, I, 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 I think that I feel the same way I did at the time, which is I was like, uh, fine, it's fine. 
Yeah, I, I think my opinion of it has worsened because it's just so fine. And I, I it's just, it's become so grating with these just like fine Bond movies that yeah, they're don't all really do much just fun. fine. Yeah. I would rather them take a big swing and be bad than mm-hmm. just be fine. Fine is just so safe. Yeah. Well, I'd and, say their their biggest swing is the thing that works the least in that movie, which is well, the last half hour. Yeah, that's true. That, that's an that's an atrocious disaster. I I got more mad about that in the weeks after just thinking about it because it's there there was absolutely nothing to justify it. It was just for shock value, and it was just for like the actor's ego, and it was a really really horrible move. And I I don't really know where the franchise goes from it. And on that level, I think he. Is a Bond fan? You can't like that movie. I mean, it's well. It's it seems to be completely split down the middle. Some people really defend it. Um, at you know, as you said at the time, I think Gladiator is a good comparison. Also, Logan is a movie that recently did that well, where we pretty much get five minutes in that Wolverine wants to die, yeah. <laughs> and so when we get two hours in, and there's a good reason a justification for doing so it it is sad but there's a a satisfying you know it's a bittersweet um thing whereas no time to die it doesn't have that yeah i just never i i think they they did it in a dumb way of of just here's 17 reasons why james bond is gonna die in this scene but also I just never wanted to watch him die. Like it's, you know, it, it would have been corny, I guess, if he just got to watch retire and live out man. his days with the, his family. But like, yeah, I, I'm again. into it. Like, we're fine. That's the times. Is it's like we can't, you can't, we can't argue with what you, we knew he was going to die because the yeah. movie came out when it came out. Because because the the if he doesn't die, then just as you said, like it, it is not a. There is not a catharsis because we are now a society that that in our consumption, unless something is completely new, completely out of out of bounds, um, we we have to know what's going to happen. Otherwise, we're going to say it was bad. Well, I I also think too it's just that's fine too, and society evolves and changes and everything, and maybe James Bond doesn't evolve with it, but. Uh, I'm not really sure I'm gonna buy a movie. I, I I read an article too where they talked about, I think the the you know Barbara Broccoli and um, the the variety about, thing yeah about how they're gonna have more emotionally in in touch James Bonds even going forward even more than Craig. It's like I think you're kind of James Bonds an assassin. Do you think assassins are emotionally yeah. well, in touch? Also, like they, they, they're literally your whole job is killing you're, people. It, you're, it's also misses the point. If you want to study the character of James Bond, you don't change bond you change the world around bond that's the point mm-hmm. that is how you that is how you you can appropriately talk about a character is that you you ex- you let the world accept that he is wrong you do um uh uh, uh it's it's watchmen yeah if, if you want to comment on the society of, of the thing that you're doing then you say hey guess what superheroes shouldn't exist they're not good guys but it doesn't it doesn't mean that you've changed their behavior you have to change the lens that that it is seen through james bond doesn't need to suddenly care what you have to do is you have to have a character that was going to sleep with him and then sees him kill someone and says what the fuck did you just do <laughs> yeah, yeah and that's like the that's the how martin you change it 
Campbell movies do a good job of that, where it's not James Bond saying I'm sad or whatever, or I feel nothing. It's the the women saying like, how does killing people not impact you? Basically, like, yeah, let him lose because he is the person that he is. That should be the point, right? Like, if you actually want to do that, um, otherwise, why are, why do the character? That is the entire yeah, point. Just make let, a new let franchise. new art come out. Yeah, yep. Let new franchises be born. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I think the further you, you just get away from what it is, like, traditionally, the less reason there is to make any more at all. Yeah, I, I really, I really don't want it to see evolve past non-recognition, and that's what the Craig era really started to do it started to do it's just because it, even going back to like Brosnan's are very classic Bond movies even Dalton's are, are very classic Bond movies and he gives a very a more serious edge with more well, serious li- license to kill is pretty different than most of the movies yeah well that's yeah but it's not going I mean that's just an 80s action movie I guess that's probably one of the bigger outliers but yeah I don't know I did, did you see this tweet recently i forget what like comedian or whoever wrote it but it was like uh it was like new james bond movie james if you uh can't manage to overcome your generational trauma you're never gonna understand what it means to truly sacrifice and then it was like old james bond movie yeah, hello my, my name, name is, is rebecca ass, ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a great meme but <laughs> It, 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 but it's in the beauty of all memes, right? It, it's in the beauty of satire. It gets down to the actual point, yeah. Which is, which is just like it. Just change, just change the fucking world around him. You yeah, don't yeah. have to change the character. Let the character I think, lose. I think the Brosnan movies did a good job of having him get emotionally involved in each mission, in just it, it hitting him uh you know in just the villains kind of attacking him personally and offending him basically or he thinks he's sort of falling in love with electra and then she's the the main villain so obviously he's like really mad in a lot of that movie or um he's got the personal history with trevelyan and goldeneye and um they i think i'd like to get back to that level of of bond giving a shit and we don't need to analyze his childhood yeah i mean have a bond series have a new Bond actor. Have a new Bond series where he is in a where he 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 uh, fast forward Electra uh, uh, or not Electra. Fast forward um, uh, Tracy um, uh, Vesper. Uh huh. Where you're or, or Tracy or Tracy where you're just like first half of the movie she's already there she's his partner right they, oh yeah they clearly have a history boom she's killed and then you get four movies of a man who's suffering from PTSD. That's kind of cool. Just. Just yeah, set yeah. it up already. It doesn't have to be the whole movie. And and it is now don't get me wrong, that is um that's called fridging people and it's it is a very shitty thing that happens to female characters all the fucking time. That yeah. They're simply used as plot points for these characters. But the point is if you're doing a bond movie, you do that. Or cast a fucking woman and have it happen to a man. It doesn't matter how how you do it. If you actually want to have James Bond be uh, uh exist in the world now as it is but you don't want him want the DNA to change, then uh, you have to give reasons as to why, right? Because I'm fine with watching a Bond movie where he doesn't have committed relationships with a bunch of people, especially if I have reasoning as to why, right? We all love uh, Tony Stark, but Tony Stark is an asshole. We love him because we say to ourselves, we know he's an asshole, but I know these other things about him. If you just have that for Bond and then... 
he can have a movie where he goes out and he just sleeps with the with like with the girl and she ends up leaving and they don't have a thing and he kills the main villain and then if someone's like hey why didn't he have a relationship with that girl someone else is going to be like oh yeah last movie uh, his partner super died and he clearly now doesn't have sort of like capabilities mm-hmm. easy done like can someone just hire us already <laughs> i was surprised that they didn't announce a new actor last week because what the fuck have you been doing for the last year if not talking to actors <laughs> like how long is it going to be before another bond movie yeah I, I wonder if they they're maybe waiting for someone to come in with a good pitch of where to take the series someone with a yeah. little bit of vision because like but still be, like they should have been talking about that shit while they were editing no time to die yeah, like, that's that's true. But no, no reason to not have a new Bond movie out like two hey, years from now. Hey, yeah. Amazon, we have a series <laughs> for you. Yeah. yeah, but that that's also a big factor. That, like that the Amazon yeah, sure acquisition could have been a big drama deal. behind the know, scenes yeah, there, where, where the drama lies there. But I'll, yeah, maybe Jeff hey, Bezos really about to be Bond. No, 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 we joke about it. There could be a legitimate internal conversation as to what will make more money easier. Oh, yeah. Do they use the Bond franchise as films, or do they release a couple of, of uh, online-only shows first, and then yeah. in four or five years, when people are, are itching for it, then do you release it? Like, it, it's all, it, it, is, it is all business anyway. So, like, there's, there's no way that those conversations aren't happening. Oh, if the Broccoli family didn't have the amount of creative control they still do, we would definitely be looking at a lot of Bond streaming stuff soon just to get, try to just get content. see yeah, if we I, can get more I would more actually be in subscribers. favor of. I, I'm Me not too. opposed expand to that. Expand the universe. I, I expand the universe, yeah. Yeah. I, I, not sure I am. I, I think I still would just See, like to get back to because Bond movies felt special when but, it but was... you like Craig, which is so but funny that, to me. Like, I'd rather them open up the franchise and do different things via other than like try to shoehorn in all these ridiculously new things that make a Bond movie unrecognizable. I'd rather them yeah. have a cool series about. But I, I just don't want to watch new Bond content on TV as part of it. Well, I do it as a but movie. that's I just you. No, no. Franchise. What I'm saying is that's just you, the people do want to con- to watch their content like that. That's why everyone's doing it. Yeah. Like like the, that is the the era of of standalone films is going bye-bye. Like that there there it is it is going it is the, the, the simple fact that there is no home sales anymore is going to drive more and more and more I think sales were content. up last year uh, from the year before. C- CDs were That's... up last year from yeah, the year well, before. They... No, no, but but you saying that proves its own demise because it is not being up year to year isn't isn't how you watch a trend. You watch a trend right. decade to decade. The, like that 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 would allow me to say, oh, CDs are coming back. They're not. They're a niche market. Blu-rays are a niche market. Uh, one one thing people only buy content if they're gonna buy it they only buy it online or we now just have libraries that's yeah. just how everything exists which means that they can't make money off of it and since they can't monetize it that's why they're that's why you haven't seen uh, a a true romantic comedy with big stars in years because romantic comedies were a uh, a tool that was all about the aftermarket. It was a tool that was about we're gonna make our money back in the theaters, but then we're gonna make double that in yep. rentals and home sale. Mm-hmm. 
A- absolutely. That's, I mean, there were people that made entire careers off that in our lifetime. You think about like Reese Witherspoon. She was yes. in some romantic comedies you don't even think about. They made hundreds of millions of dollars in, in DVD After sales, rentals, fact. all exactly. that. Yeah. The crappy movies like Sweet Home Alabama. Like, and, well, no, but that's exactly the thing. Is that a bunch of them, because you were allowed to take more swings, you then get ones that are great. And that just is not going to happen anymore. The big studios now are going to be safer and safer and safer, which is how you get every Craig movie. They are the safe choice. Yeah. Shout out to Billy Eichner's bros. I saw it. It was good. Yeah. I can't that's wait to great, see it. That's a I great example, though. Yes. Like, I cannot wait to see uh, yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, I know changes. it's super flopped. Yeah. But, but no, um, it's super flopped because rom-coms, they haven't played for years. You know, like, they, they haven't played for a long time. They were always making their money in the home markets. And then you have, like, a situation where you're trying to really invert the, the, the classic formula of it. And then you end up alienating an already niche market's primary base, which is, like, female watchers. Like, I was reading a really good article about it or something. Like, that... It was a bold move to release that because I'm pretty sure everyone knew it probably never stood a chance, but it just was a good movie that deserved to be released. But like, I'm saying like the the flop is coming as a surprise. I don't think it was a surprise to the studio. I don't think it was a surprise to the people in it. I think they probably knew no, it wasn't, but I it was just important yeah. to it give it a, that platform. Yes. But yeah, and it and it has enough of a well, difference that there was a chance, right? There's a chance that that, that maybe there's a spark. Here's the thing also is that Universal, I think, since the beginning of COVID and The Invisible Man has been doing the like 45 day window where after that you can rent it for 20 bucks. And they've done good business with a bunch of movies on that. So uh, movies like that also have a chance there. I think there are people who are okay spending 20 bucks to rent a movie at home and yeah. will do that rather than watch it for free a couple months later on what? HBO. How much did they spend on it? It couldn't have been much. I, I bet for bros. Yeah. I, uh, I wouldn't, did, I would not say it, it was crazy cheap, but I'd guess 20 or something maybe. Yeah. So I don't, I don't Whoa, think it's, I don't know. Like, can you make a movie for 20 now? Yes, you can. <laughs> it costs 22. Be... Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. It costs 22. more than that. But then they, they yeah, figure I, they got an absolute streaming hit for the platform. It probably do double the business in streaming. I mean, studios did. still make financially stupid decisions all the time. The Northman cost ninety million dollars. I loved the Northman. You know, yeah, that was that was a bad business move. But yeah. I'm so happy it exists. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It, it but, is it is a changing world. But we also this is also not a podcast about that. This is a podcast about uh, three white men ranking women. <laughs> yeah, let's let's so rank let's some women. Get to it. <laughs> let's. What, what are we ranking this based on? This feels a little this, bit like I don't really. This is per, do, this mean, is your your personal. It's whatever sick twisted way you want to rank them. <laughs> I ranked this. it. I ranked it to be. To, that was an excellent question. I did rank it according to like kind of like how badass they are slash how much I would want to like watch them in another Bond thing. Max, why don't you uh, start yeah, this start time? Yeah, I'll start us off. I'll start us off. My number 10 is Jill Masterson. She is a secondary Bond girl, but she's one of my faves. Uh, she Very is cool. the painted woman from Goldfinger. Um, she's the painted woman. Uh, she is, all, more importantly to me, because that is where a lot of people are, she is famous from, more importantly to me is just how awesomely she's uh, out on the balcony uh, laying around just telling yeah, uh, uh, Blofeld all the cards, and then when James Bond when he comes by and just like stops her from doing that, she does not care. <laughs> she is so cool. She's cool as a fucking cucumber. I 
it, it it makes sense to me why James is affected by her death, even though it was just sort of like a momentary fling and stuff. Because like that's the exact type of human being that his character gets along with. Um, I think she's awesome. I, I wish that there had been more of her in that because I think she's fucking great. She's my number 10. Yeah, if you could have combined all the stuff she does with with Tilly Masterson, her sister, like you don't need two women to set the stakes oh, totally. of what a dick Goldfinger is, really. Totally. In in a movie with three Bond girls. Yeah, like, she I, she takes all of uh, maybe a minute to decide, my job's not that great. <laughs> like, this guy seems cool. <laughs> Let's see where this she's is going. So, I, I love her. That, and by the way, that is a lot of the tone of my list is just like yeah. Bond girls that I'm like, you're fucking cool. Uh, my number 10 is Olga Kurilenko as Camille in Quantum of Solace. Uh, she's definitely one of the better parts of that movie. I think we talked about uh, her a bunch in, in that podcast and how she's sort of driving a story in a lot of the ways that, that Bond isn't in that movie. Um, yeah, it's good good stuff. Uh, how about you? My number 10 is, uh, I'll say Solitaire. Uh, it's not mm. a good performance. It's not an interesting Bond <laughs> I don't think Bond it's a girl. bad performance. Yeah, and that's not... not but she's probably the weirdest Bond girl if you think about it, because most of them are like they're either like spies or fellow agents, or they work for like yeah in a very sort of traditional like she well, lives, she's this weird like ethereal person who's a tarot card yeah, reader she's who works weird. for them. It's cool. Yeah, she's in like, the the domino section of like the villains kept woman. Yeah, but there's but, the supernatural aspect. Yeah, but also. Then there's like the supernatural aspect <laughs> Do you, of like the. Thinking about these lists, I kind of want to go back and have all of us watch that movie again, and again, because that one's buck wild. The more you think about it, yeah, yeah. like she's literally a fucking psychic. <laughs> yeah, it has she's the main, like a main character, it's, in the and movie. it's not explained, and she no. gets stuff right. It's it is it's a movie. Scary. It is a movie with uh, two like phenomenal like all time stunts. It's got uh, actual voodoo and J W Pepper. Maybe it should have been higher on my list. Guys, we <laughs> got to rewatch that movie. We, we, we got to really do, do a redemption, yeah. a redemption arc on that movie. Yeah, I just like just had to think. I hadn't thought about it until like she is so weird for a Bond girl and really a like a protagonist in any movie. Just a weird. It's not like a horror movie or supernatural movie. She's like a voodoo tarot card reader whose mom was also a voodoo tarot card reader. Okay, she's got to be it's on your list. Shit. Just weird shit. At least for it's, me, it's very cool. I, I sh- honestly, I had forgotten. I wish she was on my list. That is how I will put it. Yeah. Um, uh, my number nine is uh, Diana Rigg, Tracy, uh, Tracy Bond, for sure. Uh, from Inner Majesties. Um, I don't have to talk about her. She's. I think that she has a lot of agency. I think she does a lot of good shit. I also think that Diana Rigg's a great actor. Um, so, so that one was, was uh, easy peasy, for sure. Uh, my number nine is uh, Miriam Dabo as Kara uh, Milavi in Living Daylights. Um, I think she's really beautiful, and it, it, as you were saying, just with Solitaire, just kind of a, a different kind of character. She's a professional cellist who's like this Russian general who's fake defecting's girlfriend who he decides he's gonna use her as part of his his evil plot. Um, that's just kind of different and and interesting, and I think mm-hmm. um, they're uh they they really take their time spending most of the movie together to have her and bond um come together in a way that doesn't feel cheap and i think that's well done yeah i agree uh number nine for me is pam bouvier from license to kill carrie lau i think she's a really fun character that's her name right (laughs) 
I, I think she's a very like able character, very active, helps Bond out a lot. Kind of the best part of that movie, and uh, just gives a really fun performance. Is a sort of unique Bond girl from the sense she's there the whole time jilted the whole way a little bit for him with this other girl but then kind of ends up being the bond girl in the end it's a pretty unique uh character for the for the franchise and she plays it well i agree my number eight is uh halle berry jinx <laughs> um i'm happy to do it i don't i don't care she's she's badass uh i think that halle berry we now if we if you had asked me that, to make this list 10 years ago she's not on it um, we are now respecting sort of Halle Berry's weird, cool strangeness. I think a little bit more now. <laughs> she's kind of she's badass. The movie's weird and bad, but like, she's she kills it. And she's like, you know, I I like I like that she has like agency and that she's doing shit. Um, she has her own plans and that like she kind of is like I don't know, man. I'll team up with you. Fine. Um, I think she's cool. My number eight is Isabella Skorupko as Natalia yeah. Simonova in I got a lot of those on my list. I got a lot of those on my list where I'm like, ah, don't make me say this. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, you, you've got your Bond girls like Jinx and uh, Barbara Box, Agent Triple X, that are very much going for the, the female James Bond equivalent. And you just can't do that every time. And I think it's... The, the best ones are, you know, good actresses and well-written characters that are what's some other high-level professional career uh, position that would put her in a place to, to help Bond on this mission. She's, you know, a computer programmer. Uh, she's a, a great hacker. She has uh, all of her friends murdered before her eyes. Gives her good motivation for the, the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, it's a good performance. Yeah, she's my number eight as well, kind of for those exact Ooh, reasons. It's cool. cool. She's really helpful to Bond. She brings a skill set that he doesn't have at all. So she's, like again, a very active co-protagonist for him. And it's, yeah. yeah. Sick. My number seven is uh, Mariam Dabo uh, from from uh, uh, Living Daylights. Uh, she has a cello sled. That's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, my uh, number... Uh, seven is Claudine Auger as uh, Domino Derval in Thunderball. Uh, this is most. This is my one that's mostly in there because I think she's the prettiest, and I've had a crush on her for twenty-something uh, years. Um, I, I think the character is decent. I think they do more interesting things, as we've talked about, with that character and the villain in Never Say Never Again. Although I like Thunderball a lot more. Um, but uh, that's just an all-time crush for me, Claudine Agier. That I think the Go performance is crippled a tiny bit by dubbing, as will happen with some other characters on on my list. Why they wouldn't be closer to one, but uh, yeah, that's definitely always a personal favorite. My number seven is uh, Melina Havlock from uh, Yeah, for your eyes only. Pretty fun. My biggest objection is that roger moore should have never been the bond next to her because he's like 40 mm -hmm. years older yeah i could see like dalton with her maybe yeah but she's kind of a fun character uh, again very capable bond girl because knows her way around a crossbow can dive can do all these things hell yeah kind of has a really directly she's directly tortured by the plot of the movie too which is a little bit like natalia simonova those are always fun bond girls um domino actually falls in that camp too 
Yes. Yeah, her brother's killed by the villain. Yeah, I always like those Bond girls, so yeah. Number seven. My number six uh, is Barbara Bach as Anya Amasova uh, in Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, she's uh, she's a spy. She does cool spy shit. She she has she had a boyfriend. He's dead. That's not cool. Um, again, she does like she does shit on her own. She's kind of badass. She like is one of the least offensive ones to me to play with more because like. It it I don't know they kind of got each other like we talked about it in a lot of, in some of those scenes like she's I think she kind of holds her own really really well um, yeah she's uh, she's the number six on my list uh, my number six is Ursula Andress as Honey Rider in Doctor No uh, she's the original in some ways still the most iconic uh, you know looks absolutely incredible it goes without saying and just walking uh, out of the the sea I mean there's a reason they have Halle Berry do the exact same introduction to, to her character and and Daniel Craig um, <laughs> well I wish he walked out of the ocean and into the like <laughs> office building in Prague at the beginning I do wish that he had did it at the beginning of the movie he does do it towards the end of the movie but it's still it's still it's still the same shot if, if Dryden walks into that building in Casino Royale and just hears a splash and like Bond steps out of the bath and it's like oh hey <laughs> I think that that movie goes up for all uh what about you number six my number six is domino i i you know i just think she's kind of maybe the most classic bond girl in some ways Mm -hmm. uh yeah a lot of them are involved with the villain in some way yeah Mm -hmm. she feels like she really sets the the template for the the kept woman bond girl though that sort of becomes a reoccurring theme and i also think it's just sort of made by the end just i like the scene in the end when bond's about ready to be uh, killed by oh yeah, uh, you know what's it what's Largo, Largo yeah. and she shoots him with a harpoon right yeah that you gives know? her a lot more agency uh, than, yeah I don't know why for some reason I, that scene alone kind of puts her on my list I it's just think cool it's really shit. cool it's damn cool um my number five is uh my most modern addition to the list it's uh Eva Green as a Vesper um I don't think this has like uh, that's not fair to say. She's a good actress. She's just not my favorite. Um, the the uh, she's just really good in that movie. That movie is also uh, uh, does obviously a great job of setting up a character that is incredibly important to Bond, more important than probably any other Bond girl that isn't Tracy Bond. Because um, Vesper never gets to become Vesper Bond because that would that name is bad. Um, <laughs> but. But the point is, is that she probably would have. Um, and she, you get one of the better Bond girl twists ever, which is, which is her leaving him in the hotel. And that, the whole ending bit of that movie, which is uh, pretty darn badass. Uh, awesome. My number five is uh, Carol Bouquet from uh, as Merlina Havelock and For Your Eyes Only. Yeah, everything you said, really strong character. Again, I, I, I wish... My understanding was she spoke pretty good English in the 80s. I wish they just let her speak instead of dubbing her in the movie. Um, but badass character, you know, absolutely stunning. Um, like her a lot in that movie. My number five is, uh, yeah, Barbara Bach is Agent Triple X and Spy Who Loved yeah. Me. Yeah, it goes without saying. Kind of a one of the most classic Bond. I like that she's a true equal to Bond. 
and then she's just another agent, and they have to work together to solve a mission. Don't see that all that often in the Bond movies. It comes up every once in a while. Um, so, uh, yeah, very unique Bond girl in a very cool Bond movie. Yeah, is it, like... I, well, I guess that, maybe Moonraker and Die Another Day, where it's just the main Bond girl is just on the same mission as him. Yeah. Well, and Tomorrow Never Dies. It pops up a little oh, bit, yeah. but that's kind of the the first time it pops up, too. And it hadn't really been done to that point. I mean, you'd have people that had that's, been w- yeah, working the for the villain, time. but she's actually just another government agent, and I think that's a really cool trope. Or it's not... I wouldn't call it a trope, but it doesn't pop up enough in the Bond movies. This is like kind of fun. Makes it feel like a very unique movie. Like, uh, You Only Live Twice is like the, both the women are like agents working against Spectre, but like Tiger Tanaka is Bond's Japanese opposite, not yeah, these women. Yeah, not not uh, the, the women. Uh, my number four is Michelle Yeoh in Tomorrow Never Dies as uh, 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 Wylin. She kicks ass yeah she kicks so much ass yeah she, she she saves him on the on the bike and she like it's not she i don't think she's often super remembered but if you also want to talk about bond girls that went on to do the most after as well she's way up on the list um, and incredible hong kong action movie career yes. pre-bond and 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 legitimate uh martial artist legi- legitimate yeah the fucking talent we talked about it when 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 we watched the movie she's um she's unreal and 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 uh uh, i i love all that of that for her and love her in it for all those reasons i wish i wish 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 that we as a viewing public had been more aware of other of other um of other countries sort of like film endeavors and stuff at the time because i think that like her involvement could have been even bigger and cooler if we had known how cool and how awesome of a person we were getting. Yeah, it's funny. In 97, I'm guessing that movie probably wasn't released in China, um, which is, yeah, shame because you'd think her, her presence would have brought more of an international audience. Yeah. Um, totally. But yeah, I mean, they throw, she's my number four as well. Um, and they, they oh, throw sick. in, like, there's a whole, you know, martial arts sequence, just, just her and some dudes and not Bond. Um which, you know, is annoying because Bond has to come in and save her at the end. But it's also like you compare that to like Golden Gun or something, which is like throwing in uh, Kung Fu stuff for the fuck of it because Bruce Lee is popular. And it's like, no, you really like you earn this when it's not Roger Moore pretending to do kicks and stuff when it's Michelle Yeoh who can obviously do this stuff. And we're happy to watch that. Uh, your your number four. My number four is uh, yeah Ava Green is Vesper Lynn in Casino Royale. Lots been said nice. about her. Pretty great Bond character. Again, again, very unique because uh, Bond falls in love with her and then she dies. So doesn't happen all that often. It usually happens to the secondary Bond girl, but it's very rare that that happens to the first Bond girl. My number three is uh, Ursula Andres Honeyrider. Doctor, no. Um, she's Ursula Andress in that Elvis movie. She did. Uh, she's uh, she's the number yeah. one. She's 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 a badass. She's um, she's just collecting shells, my guy. 
Like, you know, like uh, <laughs> yeah. for fucking there. $50. Yeah. She's out there collecting shells for 50 I, I want to be $50. out there collecting shells. <laughs> a, thing, a line that has really, since we all started to realize it, has haunted my dreams. <laughs> like a thing that I never thought about as a kid. But do you know that she could get $50 for these shells in Miami? Like, that's awesome. And then she just gets pulled into this nonsense. She thinks dragons are real. That's fucking fun. Like, like her character's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love her. It's awesome. She's my she's my uh, number three. Yeah, she thinks dragons are real. And if none of us uh, picks Quarrel for our draft, we'll have fucked up tonight. Yeah, I'll say that. Uh, my number three is Honor Blackman as Pussy Glore in Goldfinger. Um, obviously, this whole storyline has <laughs> aged really poorly in <laughs> certain ways. Um, but she just has so much, uh, charisma and, and attitude and, um, really is a great match for, for Connery as a, a screen presence. Um, I think on, only Bond, uh, girl until, um, actually maybe Diana Rigg. Um, but she, she's one of the only ones until, um, Spectre, uh, Monica Bellucci that's older than the Bond at the time. Sick. Um, just, just a fun fact, but yeah, co- cool uh, character, great performance. Um, my number three is Tracy Bond from Honor nice. Man's Secret Service, just because it's, nice. uh, yeah, she's probably the best part of that movie, and it's a really good movie in a lot of ways, but she's sort of asked to, I think, in some ways, carry it at times as much as Lazenby is. Oh, yeah. And probably, you know, one of the few examples where the bond actress outweighs the bond actor that heavily in acting prowess and just their craft and everything so like she's a huge part of that movie and on that alone she's yeah got to be right up there it's also a great role tragic ending that kind of cements her as one of the most memorable bond girls yeah diana rig what a legend rip in peace a freaking legend my number two names is it, you know what hurts even more is that I've now written it, um, and I have terrible handwriting. Uh, Daniela Bianchi, Bianchi, uh, sure, as yeah. uh, Tatiana uh, Romanov, Romanov, R- Romanova, whatever. She's in Russia with Love. It's the Russia <laughs> yeah. with Love one. It's the it's the Russian one. She's great. It's a great movie. I don't even have to. I don't. I don't have to describe it or talk about it. She's probably in the top two for y'all as well. Done. Uh, my number two is Diana Rigg. It's Tracy Davincenzo slash Tracy Bond. Uh, yeah, w- wonderful character performance, as you say, pr- probably more than anyone else on this list. Like, she is asked to really set the stakes and carry that movie at times and does so uh, very well. Kind of ha- has it all, everything that's required of, of her in that movie. Yeah. Like, you need so... you've We've watched... James Bond movies come out every year for a decade now, and we need a woman to come in and be like, yeah, I guess my guy James Bond would like throw his life away for this person, and mm-hmm. she sells that. Yeah. She delivers. My number two is Honey Rider. Yeah. Max, you already had her on the list. She's freaking awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I do just really love her character. She's just kind of collecting shells, my dude, as you said. Like, she just wants to <laughs> sell some shells in Miami. That's so electric. What an awesome introduction to like a character just on this radioactive island 
collecting shells with no knowledge of what's going on. <laughs> Where she believes there to but be like, dragons. Yeah, yeah, it believes there to be dragons, <laughs> but that, it's also like extremely capable. Now, yeah, if that movie comes out now, then she'd be like, I'm just collecting seashells. And then 20 minutes later, she's like, I work for the NSA. But it didn't, <laughs> which is awesome. They just kept yeah. her <laughs> as a fucking rando that could yeah. get $50 for a seashell. Yeah, my guy, she's just trying to get seashells to sell. It's but beach, yeah, it's like, sick. It, in the book, they, they sort of, she has a monologue about her past and stuff, and how she's uh, assaulted by a guy. And in the book, they go more into her kind of rough childhood and past and stuff. And she's more of a badass in the book, where James Bond has to save her in the movie at the end. She escapes Dr. No's uh, prison, uh, wherever she's like tied up herself, and is like taking dudes down when she like bumps Sick. into Bond at the end of the book, which is really awesome. Sick. Love it. Um, yeah, she's she's also probably the most classic Bond girl that I would say is being influenced by. I do have a bit of a crush on her. So. Oh, hell yeah. Um, the number one. You fucking pig. How dare you number bring that <laughs> into this discussion? Oh, actually, My... let's, uh, if anyone has honorable mentions, uh, if anyone wants to throw out any honorable mentions before you're I... number one. I, I don't, for, for the reasons that, one, this is already kind of a hard list for me to make because I don't really love a lot of Bond girls. <laughs> and two, that yeah. we're an, like an hour 13 uh, into, a re- into a recording and we're technically only halfway done. <laughs> yeah, we got to speed this thing up. I will um, throw out Sof- Sophie Marceau in there. I throw in Waylon for me. I think she's great. I, I, damn straight. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of Brosnan girls were, were pretty good up until I throw in Jinx in there, obviously, for you, Max. Thank you. She's badass. Yeah, she shoots people. Kiss I love Suzuki. it. I love it. This, I mean, love there's tons. When they shoot people. Yeah, yeah shout uh, out to Jane Seymour as Solitaire and uh, Eunice Gason as uh, uh, Sylvia Trench in Doctor No for me. I don't actually wait. I don't know if my number one. I don't know if any of you have said it, which means that said her, which means that we might either all have the same number one, or my number one doesn't appear on y'all's lists. I don't think either of you are said my number one. No, maybe one. My number one is Honor Blackman. My number oh, one is Pussy Galore. Uh, I said that. Did you, you that. have her? No, not yet. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My number one is Pussy Galore. She is, it is not her fault that the writers fucked her over. She's a strong, powerful, awesome lesbian that honestly shouldn't have even been a Bond girl. She should have just been a badass that Bond convinced to help him um, because she understands what's right and what's wrong. Um, she pulls the gun out. She's got great dialogue. She's got great stuff that she does in the movie. She has her whole giant flying army. She rocks. She rocks. I fucking love her. Uh, she's number one. Yeah. She, my, oh, sorry. My number one is uh, Ava Green as uh, Vesper Lynn in Casino Royale. Uh-huh. Uh, really wonderful character performance. Just a tragic character. Um, she saves uh, Bond twice. That bozo can't even save her once, so... It's, she's, oh she, shit! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, th- have you ever thought about that? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so that's fair. She th- put herself in an incredibly dangerous situation oh without ever telling god. him, and he didn't even okay, know. Okay, but she was but never. She, she never had that much or that great of a choice to to make. But still, it's not like they were together, and she did something like. He yeah, would have yeah, never yeah. known had he not just gotten like really suspicious about something. She was just walking that's into. Hilarious. So I think you're. you're let's, let's give our boys some credit. Me. That kills me. Um, um, she's great. She's hey, she's on my list. She was number five for me. She's great. Oh, number one for me is Pussy Galore. Yeah, I mean, 
bad aging, sexism aside, and some questionable things, Bond never succeeds in that movie without her. She's 100% yes. responsible for his success. Hell yeah. Where there's a lot of movies where you can't argue that about, like, the, the Bond girl. And she's the first one to do it, too. Again, I'm really big on first, like... Uh, she's as much the hero of that movie as Bond is. Yeah, so, she doesn't give. She doesn't. It's a lot of Bond girls are just just exist to give uh, uh, exposition, right? They exist to show up and be like, "Here are some facts you need to know." She shows up and she's like, "I'm gonna point a gun at you. This is my plane. Yeah. Fuck you." I. She's great. I I adore her. Um. That's that's our list. I think our lists were great. I think that for a bunch of dudes making a list of women, <laughs> I, think, I honor. Yeah. I think we did. We kept Especially that because, respectful. By the way, well, I really tried if to... you Google it, most lists do do sexiest, which is gross. Yeah, that's. I wasn't doing. I was going off my favorite characters. I hope that yeah. we all were for the most part. Yeah. Aside from those, I, it, I, yeah, I said Domino. I'm just in love with, but yeah. <laughs> no. But Domino's also great. Like that, yeah, like, yeah. I, no, she we, kills we the villain also. From, like, there are a bunch of very attractive women that have slept with James Bond, but like the point is that they're not. Their characters are not are not like you know, um, fucking interesting. <laughs> um, but uh, we've done the gals. We've done okay. the man himself. Let's do the the baddies. Let's talk about them bad bad boys. You pull up my uh, Dylan's list. Number you put ten. Up my ranker dot com list of uh... <laughs> number ten. Elliot Carver, my dude, Jonathan Price. Absolutely going for it in a hammy role. But the villain has a great plot. I really, really like how much it predicts. I think we talked about this when we did the podcast. I talked about it over and over again. It really predicts just how destructive the 24-hour news cycle can be and how much it can be used as a tool and weaponized to influence the population. Very remakeable movie. Very remakeable. Yeah, yeah, so got to go with him, my boy, JP. Uh, mine is uh, Rosa Club from uh, Russia with Love. She has a knife in her shoe. Um, <laughs> she is so iconic that uh, Austin Powers spoofs her. She's my number ten. Uh, she's a lovely lady. Oh, uh, and by the way, I also I I I get that she airs in the direction of henchmen. But she does enough no, choice I, making that I do put her as a top villain. I count her as the main villain of that movie because Blofeld is, you know, in a, two scenes maybe, just very briefly. He's ultimately the the puppet master, but she is. Uh, I mean, it, I guess it's Kronstein's plan, but she's orchestrating that that plan. Yeah. Like she's getting in there, bringing Tatiana Romanova, and I don't know what that is. <laughs> and uh um I'd, I'd argue red that, grant i'd argue the main villain of that movie is still red grant though um Just... well either way she's my number 10 uh cool my, my number 10 uh i'm sure won't appear on on either of your lists but i'm going javier bardem as silva and skyfall i think in a movie that uh Certain people, like like the two of you, might argue, uh, perhaps takes itself a, a bit seriously at times. Um, he's having a lot of fun, and just that uh, opening scene that I'm guessing is is mostly uh, the the playwright Jez Butterworth is is writing when he and Bond just sit down and talk for like five minutes is uh, really cool. Uh, good time. Year number nine, yes. Yeah. Aristotle Christados from uh, oh, interesting, yeah. For your eyes only, 
kind oh. of a badass villain. I really like that he tries to pretend to be a bad guy or a good guy for most of the movie, and mm-hmm. it's not until it's kind of a fun sort of going into the third act final where you realize he's actually the bad guy. He's also just he feels like a a very classic Bond villain. Mm-hmm. His, he's sort of an uh, one of those guys that kind of hangs out in government circles. He's someone Bond like realistically run into who sort of has those connections, but then he's just turns out to be a bad guy. Uh, my number nine is Red from uh, from Russia with Love. That's right. I got them both back to back, baby. <laughs> that's, um, there's a couple movies, I guess you can argue. There's two main yeah, villains, that, like Octopussy or Living Daylights. That was sort of my thing. Is I was I I argued with myself as to whether or not to put them as a a double billing, which I almost did. Um, but I think that each of them make decisions and are useful enough in that movie that they're both main villains um uh red is obviously a little, a little more successful a little more visible um but she but 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 uh, rose club uh sets up so much about about the world and whatnot um so yeah red's on online he honestly could have been higher but my i sort of kept trying to keep my list to essentially super villains sort mm-hmm. so to speak and uh, he is a very tangible villain in a cool way that in, in other lists would raise him higher, but in this list keeps him low. Uh, my uh, number nine is Michael Lonsdale as Hugo Drax. Uh, he says, Mr. Bond, you reappear with the tedious inevitability of an unloved season. Enough said. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Also, gotta love a man that just uh, goes fucking pheasant hunting. Why not? <laughs> Uh, my number eight is Scaramanga from Man with the Golden Gun because say what you will about that movie, it's a really really cool villain and Christopher Lee plays it really well. Mm-hmm. All right, my number eight is Mr. Big. Mr. Big's cool. That movie, the uh, more slash, I think uh, about Ken, it, Doctor Kananga. Yeah, the more I think about that movie, the more I want to rewatch it and just sort of like give it a a very a very kind viewing instead of a very critical viewing, which is how I watched it last time. We should get uh, do like the golden gun thing and get like one or two people who've uh, oh, never yeah. seen that and then watch do, do a discussion with with those people post watch. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, he is my number eight. Uh, my number eight, uh, Christopher Lee is Scaramanga. It's just fucking awesome. Yeah, love it. My number uh, seven is Le Chief. From Casino Royale, he's a great villain. I think the only reason why I can't put him higher is he doesn't really live to the end of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, like most Bond villains do. Yeah, uh, which is is good. I like it because that kind of follows the book. But uh, yeah, I don't think you can put a guy. I get. I think you could put him way higher if he's up until the end and has a great climactic final duel with Bond. But he does sort of go out with a whimper, kind mm-hmm. of right you know, before the third act or maybe at the start of it. So, uh, but still great villain, great performance. Mads Mikkelsen, what a gift to what society. Gift. What a gift. Um, my number seven is Drax, baby. <laughs> Get them sexist singles up into space. We um, got, we should all aspire to, uh, Hugo Drax, uh, level of facial hair. He is a villain. Like, that movie is weird, and I hate <laughs> a lot of it. But, like, that dude is the the pinnacle 
of, of villainhood. Um, uh, he's, he's my number seven. Uh, my number seven, Jonathan Price, is Elliot Carver. It's the, the James Bond equivalent of uh, Gary Oldman and Bram Stoker's Dracula. That just uh, That is, to me, like chewing scenery and overacting in the right way for the right reasons. Um, he's just really fun in, in that movie. I like him a lot. And just a prick, just a punchable prick. Like you, you just want like a bully like James Bond to just take his nerd ass and like <laughs> grind him to a pulp at the end. You're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> My number six is Largo. He's a really cool villain. It sort of sets the. I don't know. He has that like larger than life Bond yeah. thing. I mean, it's it's set earlier than than him in a, the movie before, but he does it really well. I kind of wish a younger actor was playing that role, and they yeah. felt more like equals. Like he had taken the, a little bit like how Scaramanga and Bond are supposed to be equals, and he took the other route of like being in the private sector. Yeah, but it, it's still a really cool villain, and it's well written, and right. they have a really good rivalry with each other in that movie. I, I love Thunderball. I think I only didn't include Largo because again, he's he's dubbed, and it's this really over the top Italian voice that's dubbing him. But it, and and. Uh, I think the way he's written in the book, it's it's more like, it rather than private sector, it's like what if James Bond was just like a rich like playboy adventurer like. So I I feel like you you'd get like a Tom Hardy or or Fassbender or something to play that now, and it would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, my number six is all the Blofelds. I could have I could have put. I don't know. It's probably going to appear higher just because Blofeld, the villain, I get. Let me put it this way. I'm not a book Bond person. I've never read a James Bond book, so I don't have allegiance to blo- to like any villain as being a higher or lower order. Too many people have played Blofeld, and too many of those performances have been boring and bad. And so he, while being a great villain, collectively is down to six for me. Um, if you ever feel like it and get a chance, I would say... From Russia with Love and uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service are probably my favorite Fleming novels. Um, yeah. I um. will try. I'm reading The Wheel of Time, which is a book <laughs> yeah. series that is 14 <laughs> books long. Yeah, that's uh, good luck with that. I'm Yeah, I'm on book 11, and uh, yeah. I've, I've been reading for quite some time. Each book's longer than the last one, too. It's great. Oh, yeah. They're, oh, God, they're good, though. Anyway, I digress. I digress. That is my number six. Uh, my number six, uh, I specifically uh, specifically chose Donald Pleasance as Blofeld. Um, again, we're in the Elliot Carver kind of big, larger-than-life uh, Bond villain mode. Um, he's just... Uh, that movie, You Only Live Twice, uh, pretty low-ranking for me, but um, that's just such a great, iconic bit where he meets Bond in there, and uh, just obviously that they create the the look of him in that movie with the great... Um, makeup and the scar and everything and um all the stuff with him i think is really cool that's a great transition because he's actually my number five wow yeah look at us look at us gentlemen he's one of the most iconic one of the most classic but he's not really in too much of the movie so it's hard to put him much higher than that unlike like uh the chief who's he kind of disappears in the end of the movie that he's only in the end of the movie so you know i don't know if you can throw him that much higher as iconic as he is so yeah, he's my number five. My number five is Scaramanga. He's the best. He's the man with the golden gun. 
I have a special place in my heart for the villain who is the name of the movie. He is the man with the golden gun. You don't think Largo is the Thunderball? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he's uh, he's great. He's got all those nipples. Uh, He's got like a he's got a cool island. Um, And uh, man, just like as we keep saying, chewing scenery the right way. I like that you said he has all those nipples, as if he's a cow. <laughs> he <laughs> has one extra nipple. Like, uh, oh, that we know nipples. of. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. We we haven't seen his ass, he's you know? Not, yeah. He's not a cat. <laughs> he just has... Something has driven him to crime. I don't know what it is. Perhaps it's all those extra nipples. Uh, my number five is Sean Bean as Alec Trevelyan. Uh, wow. said kind of the great, you know, Bond equivalent villain. It's like, you know, what if James Bond had some of the worst personality traits also? <laughs> and was kind of a, you know, aggressive hothead psycho. Um, yeah, it, it made a generation of people uh, introduced to Sean Bean and, and maybe not like Sean Bean in a lot of cases, but for the right reasons, because it's a good performance. My number four, we almost had a perfect transition, because, Max, you said that you loved Bond movies where it was named after the villain, and my number four is Dr. No, because he's, Sick. again, the original. He's, like, he's really, really cool. He's, like, uh, I think one of the more intimidating villains, just from, like, they build up such a mythology around him before you meet him as, like, this ultimate, like, bad guy. He has some some of my favorite lines too. I think he has one of my favorite lines about Bond, where he's just like, "You're just a stupid policeman." Yeah, yeah. And I think he said oh, like, dude. but it like cuts so deep. Um. So yeah, Doctor Now. Uh, my number four. Uh, I waffled. Doctor Now is not on my list because I waffled between him and the person that is here. Uh, it's uh Emilio Largo. <laughs> From Thunderball is my uh, number four. Uh, I don't I, I, all the stuff that we just said. Like he, he, a lot of these villains that are the top for me are the ones that that quote unquote understood the assignment. Yeah. Um, as to what they were doing. Uh, so he he comes in at my number four. It is cool in Thunderball and From Russia with Love how really the the main villains of those movies aren't the main villains of those stories where they have a boss that they report to, but they're also like cocky people who are like, yeah, I can do this big thing for us. Um, my number four, Lotte Lenya as Rosa Klebb. Um, Fuck yeah, good, yes! good, scary lady. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> I thought I would be the only one to have her. Hell yeah. No, the love Rosa Klebb. Hell fucking yeah. Uh, my number three is uh, Alec Trevelyan from Goldeneye. Well, you brought up a great point that he's kind of like Bond if he just had a bunch of really, really bad qualities as opposed to being like having some moral compass. I think that kind of makes up the best Bond villains as if they're like, well, some of the best Bond villains as if they're like a dark reflection of Bond. I, I would call him as a classic example of the dark Bond. Yeah. Like he is Bond, but uh, it's just he's made every bad decision that bond made well yeah red was the dark bond just because he was the enemy um which is sort of that first evolution but but uh, uh alec trevelyan is the the that perfect personification of of what happens when bond literally snaps yeah um yeah. which is uh, uh which is really cool uh i'm gonna go in a completely different direction though with my number three 
My number three is instead the leader of the Janus Syndicate. It, it's Alec Trevelyan. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, of course he's my number three. Yeah. She, it, Sean Bean did such a good job in that movie. He set up a meme of his entire career. <laughs> Think about that. He, he, he set up a, a thing so hard, which is that he was going to yeah. play characters that you loved who then die. And he, di- and he dies twice in this movie. I would argue he. We see him effectively die three times in this. Effectively movie. die three yeah. times. Yes, exactly. Um, so he's easily my number three. I'm glad that he was as high on y'all's list. I did feel honestly like he was going to be a little higher for me. I was starting to get nervous, but seeing that we all did about the same thing makes me very happy. Of of the dark bonds too, I would say the the difference between him and and. Uh, Red Grant, I guess, but besides the fact he's leading his organization versus like the hired gun is gun is like Red Grant likes killing people and like is a sadist in that way. And Alec Trevelyan doesn't care and wants money and power like the classic Bond villain, really. Um, My uh, number three, that's where we are, right? Yep. Uh, Garrett Robb is Eric Goldfinger in Goldfinger. Um, easily could be number one maybe should be number one i think the only reason is that he's kind of poorly dubbed and i just wish that that part of the performance was more natural but i love his fucking style and his car and his army and everything and just the fact that he is flawed in the best ways for the villain of a story and his kind of greed and and pettiness ultimately uh, undo him my number two he's been talked about a lot already but uh, Red Grant from from Russia with Love, and I think he nice. is the true Not dark bomb. Not surprised. Yeah, from the standpoint that he is Alec Trevelyan was Bond. Well, uh, I don't know. It's bit, but at one point he was Bond or pretending to be Bond. They were both in the service together, and then yeah, you're like, he snaps or he does. Red Grant is the true from the, if you took Bond and him at birth, they literally mirror each other. Like Bond is a serv- He's a Secret yeah. Red Grant's he's, a psycho he's the, that goes into prison. Like they Yeah. Oh sorry, go on. Oh, I was they just go, gonna yeah, say they, he's that version there there's all those stories that happened where there's a version that is uh if Superman was born in Russia instead of the United States, right? Yep. He's right. Bizarro Superman. Yeah, he's he's Russian Superman. Yeah. I and, love Good. Yeah, he, but he does like you could make the argument Bond's pretty psychopathic, but he just makes different decisions from basically the time of birth that red grant does like you can make an argument bond likes killing you can make an argument that bond's superficially charming the way that red grant is when he decides to like you know get in with that agent and then kill him in the bathroom like they're so similar and they have that absolutely unbelievable duke off in that train car where it's just like yeah we're just gonna see who chose the right path he's awesome red grant I love Red Grant and, and Robert Shaw. The only reason I didn't include him is I, I classified him as the henchman slash secondary uh, villain. Yeah. But I'm yeah. throwing him in as the main. Uh, Max, number two. My number two is Le Chiffre. Sweet. Um, I think he's great. I think that, that Mads Mikkelsen is just such a good actor that even if this was a bad character, he would be good. Yeah. Um, but he isn't a bad character. He's a great character. He's a really cool character. He's got the thing that you need of a Bond villain where he has a weird physical thing about him, right? He's got his bleeding eye. He's smarter than Bond, or at least thinks he's smarter than Bond. He has all those little details and things you want. I completely agree that he he gets a little 
undercut at the end, um, which is a little less interesting. Um, but the, like, I, I don't think that the Daniel Craig era gets off the ground the same way it does if he is not that good of a villain. Uh, yeah, absolutely agree. But my number two, uh, the one character that could be on each of our last two lists, uh, Sophie Marceau as uh, Electric King and The World Is Not Enough. Um, yeah, I love that she's the the main Bond girl in that movie until she turns into the main villain. Um, and I think pr- pretty good character, really great, sexy, scary performance. Uh, my number one's Goldfinger. It's, uh, yeah. you can tell I really like that movie. Uh, I'd like that we talked about my last two villains were kind of dark Bonds. He's just anti-Bond. While Bond is handsome, he's, you know, <laughs> ugly as a sack of potatoes. While Bond has class, he's an absolute bore. You know, while Bond's physically fit, he's atrociously out of shape. While Bond is super noble, he's a cheater in every regard. Like, yeah. I, there's something so cool about Bond just squaring off against someone who's just like, you're absolutely everything I don't represent. And I think that's actually what makes Goldfinger the best Bond movie and him the best villain. I think it's Bond is always sort of living the the high life in two, but it may be a little more in the novel. It becomes the element of like with villains like Goldfinger, there's sort of a class thing where it's like this fucking rich guy just thinks he can buy everything and, and cheat. And like, you know, man who works for the government, James Bond, is going to put him in his place. Yeah. Uh, Max. Uh, my number two uh one my number one my number one uh is goldfinger it's it's gold it's obviously yeah. goldfinger um it has to be goldfinger uh he makes uh, a whole city uh on the ground that's fun uh kills a bunch of gangsters with gas that's fun um and he uh has arguably the most iconic bond villain line he has the do you expect me to talk no mr bond I expect you to die. Uh, my number one, uh, Mads Mikkelsen as as Le Chief. I think uh, it's uh, yeah, great, great performance, great character. I think as to your point of of you know him going out early and and kind of everything that made him a really different in some ways, like low key Bond uh, villain uh, sixteen years ago. That all you know, whereas going on in the the Daniel Craig run uh things having to be kind of different or gritty or whatever maybe started to feel uh, a little tiring I think that this all felt so exciting and and fresh in 2006 so um yeah really loved uh, all of that yeah I mean I think there's a reason why he made all three of our lists he's one of the great ones yeah uh okay do we want to jump into this uh draft then and it will explain it for the the listener at, at home first where uh, the idea here is that uh, we have lost all the James Bond films. They burned up in a fire. and uh, But we, we have the magical ability to take uh, certain actors, uh, characters, uh, gadgets, certain elements from all of these movies and uh, put them all into our own uh, original movie. Uh, of course, we can't have um, the same... Uh, uh, we, we're not gonna pick the same things um and uh uh i i said as a with the exception of bond and mi6 staff like you don't want to just like remake goldfinger so like 
don't pick like you know two villains or a villain and a gadget from the same movie or something but uh other than that we're, we're just making a new uh frankenstein puzzle piece spawn movie um we'll do uh all right you uh p- pick out a card and oh he's got a king and uh high, high card will yeah this if, is me picking a card <laughs> if if not uh high card you don't have to go first you can choose uh which place you go because we will do snake draft so if you want to go twice in a row first you could choose to go third so i'm running my fingers through the cards max Tell me when to stop. Stop. You got a seven, my friend. Uh, I have... That's for 007 now, so... Oh, a king. <laughs> so, we're going to go again. And... Uh, seven against your three, so... Wow. Uh, rigged. I'm just going to will... say it right now. Totally rigged. <laughs> I, I will start... Okay, I'm going to pick my Bond and say I'm casting Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. Uh, so, uh, what? yeah, we'll go in there, continue in our clockwise uh, slash alphabetical. So you, you get next pick. So I get to pick whatever uh, you, 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 Yeah, you don't have to pick Bond at this time. You, you can pick whatever category you'd like to. Oh, I'm taking Connery as Bond. That's an absolute win. Uh, I'm not casting Bond. Are you kidding me? I, I'm choosing. Uh, I'm. I'm going. Well, you, for what, yeah, you don't need to at this point. I'm going for what was actually necessary. I'm casting the original Money Penny. Uh, y'all can get stuck with whatever <laughs> yeah. nonsense Money Pennies you get. Um, I'm casting Lois Maxwell's Money Penny. Cool. You get another pick. My second pick is I'm also going original Q. Ah, you're a son of a bitch. I know. This is great for me. Uh, <laughs> to you, Mr. Schlick. Boy, I really got to think about this. I can't draft in three seconds, you know. It's, it's a lot to think about. <laughs> this makes it so you hard. You could have written choices down in the last week. No, because I didn't know if I was going to get them. Yeah, but you could write three. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to do a, a, a 15 scenario draft for like an NFL draft. I got to just go with my right, exactly right. right. That's exactly do, what I did. I'm going to do the Aston Martin. DB5 uh, is my vehicle. Okay, cool. Uh, in that case, uh, I will take um, uh, Famke Jansen as uh, Xenia Anatop as my henchman slash secondary villain. <laughs> I knew it was important to get that one in soon for you. Um, I think I go again then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... Yep, that's how Snake Draft works, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to take uh, Bernard Lee as M. Okay. And uh, we're, we're only drafting based off the movie we want to make, right? Do yeah. We... You okay. just can't have, like, two elements besides, like, Bond and MI6, like, all that stuff that's from but, the same but thing. But they, they ultimately have to tie into the movie that we're going to pitch. Or the movie that we're gonna uh yeah it doesn't have to be like too specific to like you don't have to come up with that much of what happens in your movie okay. based on the characters from the originals okay i'm taking ava green as my primary bond girl okay Ooh, nice 
you can tell that I have drafted plenty of uh, fancy football. You, I drafted by <laughs> scarcity, and now I'm going to draft by need. <laughs> um, my next draft is I'm going to draft uh, You Know My Name as my song. Ooh. I'm going to draft yeah. The Spy Who Loved Me as my song. Uh, nobody does it better? Yeah. yeah, nobody does it better. That's a good call, you son of a bitch. Okay, in that case... Uh, I will take as my sidekick or mentor uh, Pedro Armendariz as Carambe. Damn. Nice. Nice. And my primary Bond girl, Michelle Yeo, as Waylon. Shit. This is the first time I've been sighted. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Red, Red Grant as my primary villain. Okay. Shit! I should have done that. This is fine. This is fine. I can pivot because I because uh, I can pivot easily. I can pivot easily. I wanted Michelle Yeoh so bad, but guess who I have instead? I have Anna de Armas in a very tiny used part. I'm gonna swap oh. her. She is going to be now my number one Bond girl. I like it. Um, and I am gonna go. Uh, please and thank you. Uh, with a certain Sergeant Peppers. Uh, as my mentor slash secondary character. Wait, what? I'm going to go with uh, Sergeant Donald Peppers. What's his name again? Oh, from, wait, from who are you talking about? The policeman. Oh, JF, uh, JF, oh, JW, JW, JW Peppers. JW Peppers, Sergeant Peppers. Okay. Okay. So Sergeant Pepper. Uh, yeah, Sheriff Pepper. Uh, you got my, my mind on the Beatles a little yeah. too much. I don't know. I got, I got thrown in a whack with my. No, yeah, he's, culture. he's he's Sheriff. Oh, he's Pepper, a sheriff, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Good. Uh, he is my he is my quote mentor. <laughs> I love him teaching Bond. I think you have to pick Daniel Craig now, so J W Pepper can teach him the ropes. Okay, I'm going to choose Short Round as my sidekick. Oh, sorry. Wrong yeah. franchise. Uh, I'm going to choose Rafe Finds as M. Good. Nice. Uh, I'm going to get uh, Samantha Bond as Miss Moneypenny. Uh, and I will take the little gyrocopter, uh, little Nelly from You Only Live Twice as my vehicle. There's too many good things left on the board. Okay, for my henchman, I'm going to take Vargas. From Thunderball. My second Bond girl is going to be uh, Halle Berry. I think that's nice and easy. I think I easily win Bond girls. (laughs) Um, And then uh, Henchman is where I want to go, but I don't have one off the top of my dome. Yes, I do. Jaws. Jaws. I have Jaws. <laughs> okay, great. So for my cue, I'm going to take Timothy Spall as <laughs> okay, a sort nice. of a bumbling, ridiculous <laughs> yeah. cue, who's probably near death. <laughs> it's like if, if Q drank as much as Bernard Lee as him. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's me. Um, I'm going to take... Uh, Thunderball's Bell Trexton jetpack as my gadget. Um, and Knew it. I will cast Shirley Eaton as Jill Masterson as my secondary Bond girl. Uh, I will take 
the ski pole rocket from the spy who loved all right very good no i can't <laughs> yep, take it yep, i can't yep, take yep, that yep yep <laughs> yep, yep i can't yep. take that because i already took you're not even going by your own rules wait, wait. i already took the spy who loved me as my song oh yeah yeah you can take the pole that's fine are we sure about that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's going to fucking remember? <laughs> You're fine. You guys are being very loose with these rules. I, I'm, I, I think I meant that especially with, with characters. Like, you don't want to just recreate the same movie. But, uh, yeah, it, take take the ski pole. Okay. Y'all, the, the level of... You're having all this fun <laughs> trouble. The, the level of fuckery that my final two choices is going to, re- to, to, to like, wreak on this game. Oh, yeah. um, my two... My two choices are uh, uh, Goldfinger's Rolls-Royce 3. Oh, it is a gorgeous, yeah. primo vehicle. Um, and my gadget is the Alligator Submarine. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, wait, did, Max, did you use a single wildcard option? Uh, no. How many choices do I have left, Will? I've got two. <laughs> How many wildcards do I have, Will? I've got two. <laughs> Who have I not done yet, Will? My J- my James Bond and my villain! Oh, fuck. <laughs> it gets back to me? Yeah. I'm going to take Samantha Bond as my money penny. I, I already picked her. Oh, frick. You already picked her. <laughs> okay. So you, you have... This is why I it, drafted uh, money penny first overall. Unless you want to do wildcard, you have Carolyn Briss and... Carolyn Bliss and um, Naomi Harris left for, for her. I'm gonna take Naomi Harris as my money penny. Naomi Harris is a great money penny. That was uh, that one's that one's awesome. I am gonna take "Diamonds Are Forever" as my song uh, by Shirley Bassey, and uh, I will use uh, "Wild Card" uh, option. And uh, now look, this is uh, this is a crazy character that I feel like uh, this movie and this actor at the time didn't quite get the max impact out of didn't have as uh, as much fun out of this is an actor who i think is one of the best of of this generation and who i think is often too often stuck in these just sad angry roles and i think is at his best when he gets to play it a little lighter have a little fun maybe chew a little scenery i'm casting uh leonardo dicaprio as max zorin oh interesting wow <laughs> so you're making the movie of you to a kill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you could say that for for every uh, <laughs> villain and and story, but that's that's not exactly well, that's, the the movie I'm picturing. Yeah, well, I was I would also say that that's the that to me is the point of the wild card because you when you described the wild card, you for example said the Ghostbuster mobile, <laughs> yeah. which is to say that that for that I'm also going to use a Twister Uno reversal. For my villain, and I'm not going to say which specific villain he, they're playing. I'm just going to say that that actor is playing, quote, a villain. Oh, I think you have to choose a... Why? The, 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 then I would have to choose... If it's the Ghostbuster car, then that means that I'm making James Bond a Ghostbuster. I think if you we can, bring in... What, what he's saying is... What he's saying is that I'm just making the movie of the villain. You're just making... Uh, uh, no, I think you can have you can keep different uh, traits that that villain has and have them have a different plan. So it's just costuming. <laughs> then why does it matter? No, because they you're just picking you're just picking Leonardo DiCaprio with a weird beard. Then uh, he's got no facial hair and bleach blonde hair. Thank you very much. The Hugo Drax. 
No, I have him as Max Zorin. So I have him as oh, oh, uh, he's uh, Leonardo. I'm picking Leonardo DiCaprio as a psychotic uh, Nazi experiment baby that's into microchips. That's that's my choice. <laughs> I, I I get it. It's just, to me that that whole that then it's you're literally just choosing costuming, which is fine, and we can do that. But it's like if he's not going to do the same plot, then you didn't actually cast him as Max Zorin. You cast Leonardo DiCaprio as a person who is similar to Max Zorin. Uh, all right. Yeah, you, you, you play it your way. Um, Wait. Oh, uh, like, hey, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's not it's, my Yeah, turn. it's you. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go for my, my secondary Bond girl. And uh, I'm going to pull an absolute wild card here and just randomly choose... Alicia Vikander. <laughs> I can't say why. Great. I'm playing the rules of my game. I mean, I, I, I like her. That's a great choice. She's fun. She there's. I'm so, T- you Tell said us it this. And my brain said. Or or wait for your pitch. She gonna be good or she gonna be bad? She's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a good question. Um. So I'm doing my final two choices. Oh, this does make sense because each of you has one left because of mm-hmm. the snake. Um. All right. This does make yeah. sense. Gentlemen, gentlemen. All right, let's go. Gentlemen. All right, but here's my thing: if if you're casting someone uh, else as an original villain, at least co- come up with a name for for that villain in the pitch. Oh no! Yeah. I can, oh no! I gladly. I will glad. No, no. no I, I already yeah, fixed yeah. it. I already put it back. I put. It, I already put it in your in 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 this in this rules. It's totally it totally works. Okay. Uh, because I'm choosing a villain that is very open anyway. <laughs> um, because we, we don't see a lot of their sort of... Their drive is just money. Who cares? My uh, my film is set in... 19, I'm not talking about my film, but I need to say when it is set for the version of these actors to, to, to work. My, my film is set in 1988. Okay. Uh, my James Bond is Hugh Laurie. <laughs> you... Son of a bitch. And my villain is Stephen Fry <laughs> as Le Chiffre. Max. Yes? My last pick was going to be Hugh Laurie as Q. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, man. You, you fucked me. <laughs> that's, that's great. Okay. That's, that's uh, wild. I love it. Okay, that, that leads what's back your, to me your with last one, more one pick, which is a sidekick, and I'm having a lot of trouble with this category. I can give you my my two that I didn't choose. Yeah, give me give me something, because my movie doesn't really call for a sidekick. Uh, so my, I really my, only... my other two, if if I didn't get uh, uh, JW, was going to either be uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright's Felix or Tiger Tanaka. Tiger Tanaka is a fucking great character. Oh, has Felix not been taken off the board as a sidekick? Just the general character? Uh, I don't think anyone's used. Uh, fi- what what was your sidekick, Max, or mentor? Uh, my oh, JW. Pepper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, so I, Felix is Felix. Great. Okay, I thought he was already taken. That's, which he's... which Felix are you taking? I'll take. Uh, what whoever is what whatever his name's from Live and Let Die and uh... David Edison. Yeah. Okay. God, the fact that you just have his name off the top of your dome. <laughs> what factoids has your brain forgotten to, to let that live rent-free? Important. More important things, <laughs> More important. certainly. 
I, I was just watching this movie called uh, Folks, spelled with two Fs, because like Tarantino loves it. That's Roger Moore as uh, some sort of private contractor, like mercenary guy who has to stop uh, Anthony Perkins from uh, hijacking an oil ship. It's it's something. David Hedison is in that movie. Wow. As is James Mason. James Mason. Um. um Who's your last? Who's your cue, baby? I am sorry. That you, I, that, you took Hugh Laurie from me. That is a um, wild, wild uh, <laughs> fucking world. Uh, okay, I'm going to go... I'm going to... Uh, stick stick with my Hughes and say Hugh Grant as, as Q in, in my movie. Hilarious. Uh, Hilarious. Mo- modern, modern Hugh Grant. I'm pulling a lot of people from, from different uh, time periods, different ages. And Me this, too. Because that's, that's how this works. Um, cool. Uh, I, I went first, so I'll, I'll uh, pitch my movie as, as best I can, I think. Um, I'm taking the... The title of a uh, 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 David Arnold Bond um, score track from uh, Casino Royale. Um, that's you know obviously sort of a, a play on uh, an old saying, as, as Fleming would do, and saying uh, "The bad die young" is uh, the name of my movie. Uh, it's about uh, Nazi experiment Max Zorin, who will be played by Leonardo uh, DiCaprio. He is the world's richest, most successful industrialist uh he's made his name developing world changing uh microchips uh he feels threatened when uh the united states uh is about to pass uh regulation uh legislation against uh his his companies uh aimed specifically at his company uh keeping his stuff in check uh Using microscopic microchip bombs, I'm talking science fact, not science fiction, as uh, Cubby Broccoli would say, uh, Zorin plans a strike against U.S. and British governments, uh, as well as headquarters of biggest tech competitors, uh, would even his top uh, people, including uh, Famke Janssen as Xenia on a top, uh, don't know is that uh, he's also going to, uh, Zorin style, uh, blow up his own, uh, flagship factory to make himself look innocent, uh, blame it on the Chinese, uh, to, you know, monopolize, uh, business and all that good stuff. Um, Bond's mission will take him from Sydney, Australia to, uh, which we haven't seen in a Bond movie before, to Prague, which you don't really see in Casino Royale. Uh, to uh, Sao Paulo, uh, Brazil. Uh, I'm doing uh, a big uh, helicopter airplane chase of the Brazilian mountains. Uh, Bond's uh, little Nelly uh, gyrocopter is going to be shot down, and just when you think he's about to hit the ground and die, he's going to jet out of that thing in the jetpack from Thunderball, because he's got that too. Um, The climax, uh, no way based in real life, will take place in uh, Rotterdam, uh, Holland, where uh, Max Zorin, while he's trying to blow everything up, will be, uh, has his mission control and his super yacht, and they're they're being very kind and they're lifting the bridge for him. Well, James Bond gets in there and closes the bridge back down on that thing, tearing it apart as it goes. Uh, Will he get Xenia on the top to uh, uh, convert to the good side and... uh, fight against Max Zorin with him. You'll have to see my movie to, to find out. Uh, 
And that's, uh, and uh, yeah, just to say my, what I have again for this, we've got Pierce Brosnan for this Bond movie. And I, I wanted to get that pick in first, although thinking about just the, the Cuba sequence and No Time to Die, I'm curious about uh, Daniel Craig in this type of bigger, epic, sillier Bond movie. Um, so I wouldn't be opposed to doing him or, or Roger Moore in that. Really just Dalton. I don't think I could cast in this movie. I've got Michelle Yeoh as uh, Waylon, uh, Shirley Eaton as Jill Masterson, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as the villain Max Zorin, uh, Famke Janssen, Xenia on atop, I am as Bernard Lee, Q uh, by Hugh Grant, uh, Samantha Bond as Moneypenny, uh, he's got Lil Nelly in the jetpack, uh, Diamonds Are Forever is the song, and uh, Pedro Armendariz is uh, Karen Bay to uh, guide sidekick Bond through this story. Uh, that That's my pitch for The Bad Die Young, my original James Bond film. Road Warrior, I, I apologize to you because I, uh, when you were like, how did you guys prepare this much? I, did, I didn't do any of that shit that just happened. <laughs> you don't have all, to, to pitch all yours. The, all the prep work that just happened where we just got, you know how there's elevator pitches? We just got the escalator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. So I, I was yeah, trying to sorry. do something better than that ultimately, which is why I left my field open. Oh, <laughs> shit. So, so, well, look, I, I, let, I, let's I, see if I can. I didn't make room. I, I didn't really factor in where my, you know, secondary Bond girl, uh, you know, Karen Bay, come, come into this. So, yeah, so. I, I think I chose the premise more. I could have picked a million things along the way, but I really wanted to start with what is the Bond movie I'd want to make if someone was going to let me make a Bond movie. And my I, – I always thought – and it's funny because, Will, you gave me this book, The Spy Who Loved Me. I always thought that even though it's considered a really bad Bond, there's a cool Bond story in there from the standpoint that Bond is not in it the whole time. It's a little bit of someone else's story, but it's also kind of like – Bond on vacation. So mm. if I were going to make my Bond movie, I would redo The Spy Who Loved Me in a world where the other one never exists. And it's more it's following more closely that story. So obviously my theme song would be Nobody Does It Better. But the way that I would start the movie is Connery is my Bond is on a mission somewhere in Europe. I don't know. We can say, let's say Prague. Let's say somewhere... But he's on a mission with Alicia Vikander, who's another agent, who's supposed to be like a triple X. They're supposed to be kind of working together, right? He gets double-crossed. He gets shot, but he lives. He is badly injured, though, and he's brought back to England. He has his, his you know, he's in the hospital, whatever. So then he comes back to MI6, and Q is uh, Ray Fiennes, and Naomi Watts is Moneypenny and all that. And Timothy Spall, in some ways, Q... He meets all of them there, but they're going to send him on an R&R mission. Kind of like in Thunderball when they said you've had, you yeah. know, you're living yeah. too rough. We're going to send you on an R&R mission. We're going to send you to New York to go skiing, okay? So he calls his old buddy and sidekick, Felix. He says, you know, <laughs> you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be coming to Felix. Says, I'm really busy with work. I'm not going to be able to meet up with you. So Bond, so in between that, we have this whole other story where Ava Green is going to play this character. I can't remember her name in the books, uh, in the book Spy Who Loved Me, but she's running this sort of 
the ski resort, but it's sort of kind of waning or whatever. But in this version of it, something that's sitting on this land is extremely valuable to her. And she's been up there all by herself, sort of watching it for someone else. But whoever the owner is, they've, you know, left her in charge of the ski resort. And they have some hidden secret there, right? And she's sort of become this mistress of loneliness that's abandoned in this place. Robert Shaw and Vargas show up, and they want whatever the hell is hidden on this land. She is basically taken hostage. They try everything to kind of kind of figure out, and we have this whole great sequence of them just trying to get. It's like panic room. It's this girl and these guys, and she's trying. And then all of a sudden, after a brief year, Bond shows up to go skiing. He quickly figures out what's going on. He does some stuff you know he maybe kills one of the henchmen whatever they call in some reinforcements the big climax is bond skiing where he uses a shooting ski pole and then it turns out he calls in felix himself and felix and his guys come to save the day and uh it needs a lot more fleshing out but i think that has the makings of a really fun bond it's a bond on vacation it's a totally new bond movie national lampoons bond on vacation (laughs) Awesome, God, my, I don't have. I'm. I. Th- these all sound great, gentlemen. These are great <laughs> movies. I didn't do any of the work on that. I just wanted to get the people I wanted to get. So I'll give you. I'll give you the loose pitches that I have now, including some bullshit that I just threw together at the last moment. Um, my Bond film is a comedy. Clearly, <laughs> uh, it is a comedy in the grain of uh, a bit of Fry and Laurie. Uh, the excellent sketch show from the late 1980s, early 1990s, um, starring, obviously, uh, uh, Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry, who I don't get to see working together enough, and so I'm going to change time and space to see them work together again. Um, I am loving that Stephen Fry's henchman is Jaws, because there's going to be a lot of jokes (laughs) about how Jaws is a normal-sized person, (laughs) <laughs> um, because Stephen Fry is incredibly tall. Um, I know that uh, the movie is going to be named after uh, one of their first sketches, which is a sketch called The West Indies, A Nation of Cricketers. <laughs> uh, I love that on a poster with a huge 007 behind yep. it. <laughs> 007 is in The West Indies, A Nation of Cricketers. And it is going to be uh, Le Chiffre, played by uh, uh, Stephen Fry, who has been, I guess, betting on cricket. This is where my movie goes off the rails, because I didn't think about these parts. <laughs> um, but Bond is going to have to go down. Bond is going to have to uh, gonna have to compete in this international cricket competition. Jaws is competing against him. Um, there's going to be a lot of jokes about how cricket is a very slow and ununderstandable sport. Um, maybe Halle Berry is uh, an announcer or something, uh, and maybe Anna de Armas works for Stephen Fry. Who knows? Um, but what I do know is that uh, Judy Dench as M gets to flex her comedic chops, which she's very good at. Um, uh, you just tell the original Q that it's a straight lace movie, and he'll provide the yucks because he. Uh, I want late stage. Did not know his dialogue. Fucking Q. <laughs> um, because that's the joke. Um, Money Penny, fucking Lois Maxwell, clearly a comedian. 
clearly fucking funny. She's going to kill it. She's going to kill it with a bunch of dialogue. She and Hugh Laurie are going to flirt their asses off. That is going to be where you, you as the audience are like, oh my God, Hugh Laurie is actually like charming and <laughs> handsome because of these moments that he's having with her. Um, they're driving in the Rolls Royce. At some point, he's going to have to, Bond is going to have to cheat himself. Uh, he's in the West Indies. The alligator submarine is working. It's perfect. <laughs> Maybe it has to eat a ball. I don't know. Think Ace Ventura 2. It's just we're doing it first. We're doing a scene inside of an animal submarine instead of inside of a rhinoceros robot. Um, we're doing uh, You Know My Name because that song is sick. I didn't have a better reason. I just wanted like what is one of my favorite Bond songs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe the entire time, uh, avid cricket fan J.W. Peppers is there. <laughs> and maybe he has to teach Bond a little bit about how to play cricket. <laughs> because he loves America <laughs> so much, except for that he hates football and he hates baseball. Um, he just loves cricket. Yeah. Uh, and that's my movie. It's, it is a straight-up comedy because I love um, Austin Powers – but Austin Powers is a spoof. This is a this is not a satire. This is James Bond as a comedy. Um, who were your Bond girls again? Uh, my Bond girls were Halle Berry and Anna DeArmas, oh. <laughs> who who awesome. both are also funny. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever seen Catwoman? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I purposely, knowing that I had those crazy curveballs, I was like, y'all can, I knew you two were going to go for Bond first. And I was like, I'm getting money, Penny. She, well, I knew I, she was my number one. If See, here's, if if Brosnan was picked first, because he's my like ideal, like we've seen Roger Moore in a Roger Moore Bond movie. We've seen Connery kind of do the lesser versions of that when they go really big, like you and live twice. Um but I'd I'd most like to see mid '90s Brosnan do a Spy Who Loved Me kind of movie. Uh, but I I would have left Bond alone, I think, and kind of seen what happened if Brosnan was picked first. Yeah. Hey, we did three uh, very weird different movies. We cool. did. I I also too just kind of wanted to see Bond like. I I sort of in my head imagine my movie is more of a bit of a John Wick one of those in that vein of that sort of more action movies. Uh, but with a little bit different pacing, things like that. But it kind of becomes a contained, fun movie towards the back half of it. Yeah, mine was literally just that I was like, I was trying to think of new villains because I thought that, that getting a new actor as a villain would be fun because we always worry about who's going to play Bond actors. And then it's literally, we've joked about it, it's always like, ah, whoever won an Oscar two years ago, we'll just get them to play a villain. So I was like, who hasn't been able to do it that would be really great? Brad Pitt, I'm down. <laughs> uh, and, I said, and I said to myself, like, I don't see Stephen Fry in enough shit. I adore him. I think he's fucking great. And, like, as a intelligent, menacing villain, he could mm -hmm. be really, really good. And I was like... Immediately, I was like, oh, never fucking mind. It's a comedy now. <laughs> now, now it's just, <laughs> now Hugh, it's just <laughs> Hugh Laurie because Hugh Laurie is also hilarious. If you, if any of you are listening to this and have never seen any of A Bit of Fry and Laurie, fantastic sketch show. Highly suggest you go check it out. They have a, a sketch on uh, privatizing the police force that is fucking hysterical. 
Also, Chiefs in Worcester is uh, hilarious. Yes, uh, very yes. charming show. Excellent, excellent. Um, so yeah, that was my impetus. And also, Grisha and I and Rodney. If you've never seen it, um, that's I, not a real thing. I was like, I was like, we're just. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> you can make up anyone. And uh, the Peaky Blinders. Um, <laughs> let's see what other British sort of Britishy things can we say? East Thelma Enders. and Louise, great. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, uh, hell yeah. Cool. Anything else uh, you want to say about uh, our lists, the draft, or, or 60 years of, of James Bond God, before we no. move on to more? <laughs> we said a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, and not because it's on the TV right now, and I'm just being reminded of it, my favorite part of the entire James Bond franchise in 60 years is where two hardcore gangsters in the movie Goldfinger, one of them is pushing another one on a rocking horse, and he's laughing hysterically like a child. Yes, yes. And that's my favorite part of the Bond franchise. And that's it. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah. I have nothing to say. You know what's one thing I know about Americans? They fucking suck. (laughs) All the gangsters in that movie are my favorite part of it. It's it's like already my favorite Bond movie. Oh, look, like, of all the people who've made Bond films, Guy Hamilton hates Americans the most. (laughs) Look at Sheriff J.W. Pepper, where he's like, no, this is you guys. This is normal. This is what you you guys are all like. All right, well, thank you so much to everyone for listening. Uh, Well, I'm going to rush this episode um, out this week we've got uh to you know capitalize on the the 60th anniversary of, of bond we've got a couple in the can and some some more movies uh kind of bond related coming up but we will next be back with an episode which we've recorded on raiders of the lost ark so we'll uh see you soon for that uh, good night 